We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Andy Liu, the second oldest 60-plus point performance in NBA history. I, I was told that Steph Curry was washed. Oh, boy. I, I'm exhausted watching the basketball game. Like, I feel like I have so much adrenaline, but at the same time, I'm exhausted. Watching that guy run around the court for, it was only 36 minutes. This is the crazy part. It almost feels like he played like 45. And it looked like he ran about 20 miles. And then 62 points. Oh, the man is in the best shape of anyone in the league. That much, at least cardiovascular. Without HGH, least, too. Without <laughs> HGH. Like, LeBron has to layer on so much. Relax. Relax. <laughs> we're, we're, trying to, we're trying to appreciate. We're not trying to. a uh, cigarette. Yeah, we're oh, trying wow. to get fights going tonight. <laughs> um, what I was going to say is, uh, you know, I was kind of feeling this performance was coming from Steph sooner or later. And I'm just very glad it happened tonight. We got special guest on, host of temple of hoop podcast and anyone who follows me or andy on twitter knows jason maples maples what's up man what's going on with you man thanks for having me appreciate y'all i think i think steph got word you were coming on here and we were going to discuss steph's legacy and that's you know he's like you know what i got to give him something good to talk about because struggle pods about him setting back screens just no one wants to hear that (laughs) yeah man it's uh I've been posting bail, you know, like I said, I am a Laker fan, but I respect greatness and just uh, having to post bail for while I, what I was watching before <laughs> tonight, it was getting rough for me, man. But I'm glad him and Kerr finally decided to change what they were doing and let Steph be Steph. So uh, that, that was great to watch, man. 
62 points. I think it's a, I think only Kobe's was older, right? When he yeah. Six. Yeah. I was just, I, I just threw it out there. So, yeah, so um, I mean, Steph and Wilt did it at 32. Steph's technically a little older, like by a hundred days than Wilt when he got his 60, but yeah, second, second to Kobe for 60 six three, and six, and three at six, three. That's wild. And, and he didn't, take that many threes to, or he didn't make that many threes i actually think this was the least threes he's made in any of his 50 plus point performances usually when he gets 50 he's getting 10 11 12 threes i mean it's steph curry right uh tonight he had eight which is obviously a lot but it, it was kind of he was he was taking i mean he was just anytime he got a switch portland's bigs are disgusting so it's just anytime <laughs> he got a switch he was going to the rim the whole time yeah, that was good. That was that was good. I mean, uh, I think Kerr just kind of played a give and take game. Like you were living with Canner killing you on the offensive glass, but he was giving it right back on the other end, and, and then some. It was kind of a, just a, a give and take there, and I think the Warriors uh, came out on top. Also, you know, on the side, I don't think Portland's that good. Like everybody else says, everybody has them as a sexy top three, four seed. I, right, I don't see it. they're literally the worst defensive team in basketball it's by bad. a good amount. I, I just don't think they're going to be. They're, they're closer to a playing team than a the playoff team, in my opinion. So, I ju- I just think it's wild. Like, okay, getting Covington and uh, you know Derek Jones Jr. Like, those are good signings. Like, defensive players are going to help Damon and CJ. And then, like, right after they do that, they go sign like all the worst type of bigs. Like, I just don't get what they're doing. It's like anything they gain, they decide to immediately take a step back. And as far as I'm concerned, it's, I mean, they'll they'll I think they'll win a lot of regular season games because. Dame and CJ are just really explosive. But CJ like, got a lot better, it felt like. I don't know. But, like, I mean, it's all the same problems. They, they're they always – they can't guard anyone, right? Yeah, just just they can't guard anyone. It it, like, any, any – like Maples, you think you can get a bucket out there? Right. <laughs> you, think, you think you can get a bucket out? <laughs> give, me, give, me five months to, give me five months to work out. <laughs> what were – you had some thoughts. You had some thoughts about the, the, the Kerr and, and Steph before this game because there was a lot of stuff on the timeline. Yeah, man, I just – I am not a you – know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not an NBA coach. I'm not a general manager. Right. I just – I believe in, you know, maximizing what you have. And I think Kerr has been very stubborn, even the last couple of years, with we're going to run this system. I'm not going to maximize my talent. And you've been able to get away with it because you've had all-world talent who can fit in any system. This season, you do not have that. Steph Curry is your best player, and then there's a big drop-off for the next guy. So you have to put the ball in his hands and let him make decisions. Having him set back screens to get Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins, you know, mid-range jumpers and step-back threes that they're not comfortable taking or getting loony his looks, that's not going to work on this team. You have to put the ball in his hand like it did tonight and let him make decisions and let guys feed off of that. Okay, if Steph kicks it to me, now I'll shoot. Now I'll drive. But it's got to touch 30's hands first to give us, to open up the court for everybody else. His gravity can be on the ball. It doesn't have to be off the ball. It has to be on the ball this year because they don't have the same talent as they've had. I also feel like, uh, particularly in the second half, it, it, it made the game a lot easier for Wiseman. Like, that kid's, yes. kid's got a lot of talent, but he's also 19. Like, it's, it's funny watching him because he'll, he'll make just, like, a quintessential rookie mistake, and then he'll follow it up with something where you're like, oh, my God. Like, that's the spin, potential that's, here, it was right? a spin-move dunk off a short roll he did. That was like, I'm like, that is special stuff right there. That is legit. Like shades of Chris Bosch, like in, in his game, like he he's got some stuff. The Warriors got one there. The Warriors definitely have one there. 
Yeah, he does seem the defense is funny because he'll just the, it was bad the other night, but then tonight he'll get blown by once or twice, but then he'll get a couple blocks to where like you watch Dame and he's like, ah shit. Like he wants to draw the foul. He knows he's not gonna get it, but let's what else he's gonna do, right? So he just puts it up, he's like, fuck. Right. Um and the, and then the stuff where he's spiking it out of bounds. The stuff with I think the the maybe we can go to this later, but I I get super annoyed at this right now because just watching Kavon Looney, it it sucks because he was one of my favorite guys on the team. He's cooked, and man. He's, he's bad. Like he's he can't. He just can't play yeah, out 15 there. Fifteen hip surgeries will do that too. Fifteen. I know, but and, and it's like Wiseman. It's not like he's he's worse, right? IQ wise, but just the fact that he's seven one. Like there's just nothing else. He's just seven one means he won't get pushed around as easily by someone like Enos Kanter. Like the bar is set so low there, but like tonight you watch it, and you're like shit, like. <laughs> Yeah, well, like, well, good thing for Sam is it means when Smiley gets back, he's playing. Oh, he's playing. <laughs> oh, he's going to stretch him out. He's going to stretch out. He can't come out to the three. He, he, my, my, my guy, uh, what's it, Torres Meniscus? I think he's done for the year. I think They we said Torres Meniscus is out for two weeks or, like, week to week. How is that possible? They said six weeks, right? I thought it said six weeks. Oh, is it yeah, six? Yeah, I think makes I, more I, sense. I thought about two months, but, yeah. Six, six weeks to two months sounds about right for the year. Sounds about right. <sighs> what, anyway, we don't. You know, we're, we're in a good mood. I don't want to talk about smoke. So um, I want to take this back. Obviously, uh, let's start here. Do you think Steph heard the noise? Do you think that's what motivated this? Or do yep, you think? Absolutely. There is no coincidence that, you know, that little soundbite from Dane hits the airwaves and the next day, okay, I'm going to outscore you and CJ with a far worse Combined. roster and then take that with you. I'm like, I, told, I, I tweeted this. I said, mm-hmm. you don't become the arguably the second greatest point guard of all time coming from Davidson and not have a killer's mentality and not hear noise, especially from your peers. Like you can hear like, and Dame, Dame is my, that's my favorite point guard. Dame's my second favorite point guard. But you can kind of hear the shade. You know, he's not the same as it was the last four or five years. Like right. any implication that what Steph was doing these last two years was easy, I think is just borderline disrespectful to what, you know, what he stands for as a player. He's always been team first. He sacrificed a lot for the yep. Warriors to integrate other guys. And to have that kind of, like, question as far as can he do other things or can he do this, it's just – it's, it's got to be wild for him coming from up here. So I definitely Th- think – That is that is what uh, – I think Steph doesn't care what Andy or Sam or Mabels has to say on the timeline. <laughs> right, that right, doesn't right. even care what, like, Kendrick Perkins has to say on the timeline <laughs> or Channing Fry, right? But, like, you're talking about, like – like LeBron, Dane, like these guys that are like guys James that he's Harden, good at. Yeah, Russell, yeah like guys that's he the stuff that he against, does yeah. care about. Yeah, I mean, most people would too, right? But like he genuinely doesn't care what – no, like he's not KD. He doesn't care what nobody's has to say. The problem is when guys at his level talk about – talk crazy about it, that's when he's like, all right, well. Yeah, that was wild, man. Like I just I, – I, I had to like play that back twice. I was like, did he say – I mean, obviously words can be misconstrued. to Right. Mis- but it's definitely – like you can definitely get the inference to what, you know – what he was saying, but it is what it is. When he came out and, and outscored CJ and Dame combined, I mean, that's the that's the loudest rebuttal possible. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. So so right now the Warriors are three and three. Going forward, I mean, is this how they have to play? Are we are we talking like? I mean, no one here is going to complain about Steph twenty five shots is the minimum. But yep, is, is, it. that, is that what we're looking at the, the rest of the be. season? It's got to be 2,176ers. I said, I've said that from I was like, I, I have the Warriors in the playoffs. I, I don't think the West is very good beyond the two L.A. teams in Phoenix. I agree. I agree. Uh, there's so many bad defensive teams. I think if Steve Kerr can get that – with Draymond's going to help get that team to around a top-10 defense. That's the formula, right, defensively, which will put them as far as one of the better defensive teams in the West. And then the formula offensively is you just got to put the ball in Steph's hands. 
It doesn't have to be all on ball. They like it was a great mix tonight. He came off some screen, but there was a heavy dose of pick and roll early to open up to get him going into the game. If you do that offensively, it doesn't have to be 60 points, but 20, 25 shots, and then let everybody else feed off his aggressiveness and the attention he gets, that's the formula offensively for that team to work. I think Draymond will elevate them defensively to around top 10, which is tonight he was great. Draymond was special. I think this was the most impactful two-point, one-point game I've ever seen <laughs> in history. Seriously. He blew up the Blazers, that little pick-and-roll, drop-roll, skip action. They were, he blew it up like five or six times, got some deflections, rebounded. If he can do that and just – they can just play through Steph on offense, a heavy dose. He's got to have a hard and tight usage, 36 37% yeah. usage. Uh, they'll, they'll be right there in the playoffs. The West is not very good to me. Yeah, I want to talk about Draymond's defense today is the other one because Special. he's Special. the only guy that is playing literally. I tweeted about this. He's the only guy that's playing two passes ahead defensively, or he just knows what's going to happen before it even happens, which the last preseason and, and the last few five games, we got, a, we got a very used to kind of Wiseman being stuck with like having to guard two people. A guy can barely guard one guy right now. Like he's just good at being big. It's, right it's a lot to ask a rookie. Who, yep, that's right, all he can do. behind in terms of games, yeah. <laughs> so you got Draymond who's like he looked tonight, I think, as good as he's looked in a while defensively, which is nuts uh, from a guy that's coming back from COVID and also hasn't played in however long he's played. But he was right. blown up, like you said. Uh, that pick and roll, he waited a few steals, a few passes to Kelly Oubre for dunks. Well, I'm just like, damn, it kind of looks like he was playing the Blazers again, what, 19 yeah, months ago? I mean, jokes aside, he is the greatest defensive player of his generation. Like, like all jokes aside, he's the greatest defensive player of, of a generation. Just a uh, so Swiss Army knife can do everything. And just you saw it on display tonight. And Portland is a legit offensive team. They have right. so much great shot making. To see oh, Draymond, like, blow them up. I'm interested to see when they, when they release it tomorrow in the NBA what the on-off was as far as defensive rating when Draymond was on and when he was off. Like, that should be – it should be like a big gap in that number when it comes out tomorrow when they, when they update the website. So I can't wait to read that. I also think um, the biggest thing that stood out to me was, like, they looked coherent in transition. Like, mm. um, they, they kept saying they want to be a transition team. It makes sense. Steph's the only guy who can shoot on the roster. They don't want to really play in the half court, right? So, uh, but then like the first four games, like even the ones they won, it was like they had no clue how to get out of transition. Like we all saw the screenshots of like, you know, Steph leading the break dribbling with like four bodies around him and like no one running the lanes or anything like that. And it just, it felt like Draymond out there. Like obviously he's vocal. One of the greatest things about um, no fans, like probably the only good thing about no fans this whole thing is like, you can catch Draymond on a hot mic like at least five times a game. Or right when the game started. Those incredible. Yeah, it was hilarious. I don't know why. Two seconds in. Yeah, but like even like more su- – like at some point he's going to get caught saying something he doesn't want. <laughs> but, but like the little things like just yelling at guys like run, like, you know, rotate, stuff like that. Like you, that stuff you, you just would never pick up on a normal broadcast. It's cool to see. Yeah, it was, it's, it's like a, if they're going to play like – obviously he won't be 60 every night, but – sure. He's got – the FGAs have got to be there. I mean, the FGAs have got to be there. And then as the season goes on, they'll start to, you know, give Steph even more attention than just Wiggins and Oubre got to be ready to attack off, off those looks. And then the Draymond – I think to, eventually that short roll game with Draymond and Wiseman is going to be money. When Steph gets trapped and he drops it off to, to Dre, just that read is going to be going to be money as the season goes on. Like, I, I'm high on the Warriors. However, before, before the season, I had them as a, as a four or five seed. Uh, if they can play – this semblance, like this formula, I think it's attainable because I like I, I think I've been with Andy on this. The West is not that good beyond the two LA teams. I, I, I just don't see it. 
and Phoenix is showing me that they're keeping that upper echelon, but just aside from those three teams, it's it's all one big, you know, clop of teams to me. Yeah. I mean, I'd say, I say one LA team. Cause I still don't, I'm never going to trust that Clipper team until, until, until I see it. <laughs> until I, you got to show it until I, you don't just, get I want to say you're wrong, tier. but I, I said that all last year and I just, <laughs> it just like, it, you know, blew up my face. So I'm just going to bite my tongue on that. One. I mean, it's tough because Paul George is playing out of his mind. I think he, he had 30, 39 again tonight, but it's like, all right, everybody's doing the I same mean, thing. It's like, show yeah. me in May, man. Show me in May. They have, the nothing, they have nothing to prove right now. We know they're going to have a two or three seed when the season's over. Like yeah, I think it's going to be a two. I think it's going to be yeah. a two. I mean, Phoenix, I think, you know, obviously it's early, but I just looking at the teams, like Denver lost a lot, man. You not only lost Grant, but you lost yep. Corey Craig, too. They have no right. defense on the wing at all. They just get cooked relentlessly on the perimeter. Jokic is not a rim protector. They, they'll be – Yeah, they're bad. trying to – they're, like trying to, they're trying to win 131-29 yeah. every like, That's exactly. a fantasy basketball player. Like, yeah. He's incredible. Right. You know, 35 <laughs> points, but he'll give up 45 kind of guy. Uh, but Jeremy right. Grant also, like, 45 shots a game in Detroit. Good for him. Like I said, get his money like if, and get his points. If the Warriors hit that top 10 defense or in that area like Kerr wants to, they'll be right there in the middle of those seeds to me, in my, in my opinion. I, I will say, Draymond, defensively, this it, he does push guys down a level defensively to where, like, again, like I talked about, Wiseman doesn't have to guard a couple guys. Kelly Oubre and Wiggins can kind of focus on who that – like, Kelly Oubre did a fine job against Dame the, guy, the times that he had to guard him. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, same thing. They're fine on ball. The off-ball stuff is where, like, well, if you don't got Draymond, then it's a fucking mess for everyone. He's a quarterback. He, <laughs> yeah. Middle linebacker, quarterback. Right. Somehow on offense and defense, which is crazy, the beginning of the game where he's traffic cone copping, like, and he's just yelling at Andrew <laughs> Wiggins to like to cut baseline or get the fuck out the way like that. I love that though because Steph's not going to yell at him. Somebody's Sam used to hate that, him. but he kind of has to do it. I remember Sam used to hate the traffic cop offense, but now he kind of has to. Yeah, it, well, it's it's Different funnier. On, it's funnier in <laughs> offense. You got like KD, Clay, and Steph. It's like, all right, man, I don't, you know, you don't need to do that. Like they can figure it out on their yeah, own. They, just they go, it. just go set some screens. It's going to be okay. <laughs> But, right. but yeah, right right now it's like, yeah, it's absolutely necessary because like Kelly Oubre driving into traffic isn't isn't gonna work out for you. He's gotta become smarter. I think he he's gotta get more comfortable. I don't know if he's feeling the pressure about what he was gonna the role he's supposed to feel for this team, but he's shooting the good news for the Warriors is he's shooting unsustainably bad through five games. Like you literally cannot shoot that bad for a season. He'll be out the league if he keeps that up for the whole season. Like that's how bad Yeah, he there's is. not a lot there's not a lot of jobs out there for wins who shoot three percent. <laughs> Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think he, uh, I, I'm just worried, you know, cause like it's, it's such a Steve Kerr thing to like start telling him not to shoot the ball and move it and like try to overcomplicate it. Um, I just hope he just keeps shooting through it because at some point it's going to start evening out and he'll feel normal. And like the last thing you want is to mess with the guy's confidence. Yes. And it's just, I mean, he, he, it's the 35% worst. 35 on six attempts a game last year. Like, yep. it, right. It, yeah. You know, it's in him. He's fine. And, and beyond that, if you look at his mid-range numbers the previous couple of years, he was higher up there, like 45 to 50% from mid-range, mm. which, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think Kelly Oubre when I think best mid-range shooters in the NBA. And, you know, he's, he's not KD or Kawhi or anything, but it's like definitely good enough to take the shot. Definitely so, Brandon Ingram from there. Obviously, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, so l- l- let's uh, – I kind of want to talk about these Channing Fry quotes before uh, before oh, we move out of this oh, this discussion God. on the game right. here. So I, yeah, I know Andy wants to just pretend it didn't happen, but <laughs> all right. So Channing Fry felt the need to tweet this out today, and I just want your take if you guys think this is fair or not. He goes, 
he's had the same compadres, the three amigos, for what is now six, seven years now. Maybe longer than that, right? So Braun has never had a teammate more than four years other than James Jones. For me, Steph does not need to, does not need anyone's acknowledgement, not a player, not a fan, not a member of the media. He's a two-time MVP. He's the best shooter in history of the NBA. He's a three-time champion. He has all the accolades he needs. I think all he needs to do is to continue to show that he's a winner, even when the situation isn't perfect. Did Fair. I feel like nobody started watching Steph before 2015. Did nobody see the Warriors before 2015? Did they see the 20 years previous before he got on the roster? They got to stay. Like, I, this is before, because this is before I had league. I'm still at home. There's no league pass, so everything I had right. was going. I remember how bad that team, that organization was before he got there. That's why, like, to hear players who were in the, like, Channing, you were on the Phoenix Suns. The Warriors were a stat game for you for, for most of your career. Like, <laughs> he was pretty good in his prime. He was like, not you bad. understand where, where the organization he was with, right? So it's just, like I said, man, it's where I think uh, she said the best. He just, he hurt a lot of hearts, man. When, when you, he literally interrupted NBA history. Like, he's the reason that, you know, that guy doesn't have seven, eight rings right now, right? So. Yeah, and, and, and I think the same goes for not just him, but, like, a lot of the guys that are kind of in his – because a lot of times you hear about Steph, they're like, he's a great point guard. He's an elite point guard, point guard, point guard, instead of saying, like, he's a great basketball player, right? And yeah. I think that goes to, like, people like Chris Paul, I think, is the one I think about, where Chris Paul was supposed to be the guy. Like, he was supposed to be, hey, I'm going to start winning chips now, or I'm going to at least start going to the finals and play against – and play in the – guy's never been there. Right. Yeah, and that I, Clippers. I, I mean, I think we forget Ooh, how yeah. much everyone thought Lob City was next. It was right. going to be Lob City or OKC. It was yep. going to be Chris Paul and Blake Griffin, or you know, KD and Russ. And the Warriors just crashed the party there so much so that like KD left, the Clippers became super toxic. I mean, obviously Blake ended up uh, physically falling apart, but that happened oh, well after the Warriors like pretty much destroyed them. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it all kind of gets forgotten. And I think the, the weirdest thing is um, the Warrior teams before Steve Kerr arrived, like, Clay was a nice player. Don't get me wrong. He was averaging, like, 15 a game, though. He was really inconsistent. That was the Steph Curry show with a combo of young players and, you know, like, kind of journeyman vets. Like, nothing against Jared Jack or Carl Landry. They're fine. They're good players. They had nice little careers. But, yeah, yeah. you know, what did they really do after they left the Warriors? What did they do before that? It's not like it's – they're just kind of, di- you know, journeyman guys who are good players. Yeah, it's, like, it's just it's, – it's willful ignorance when it comes to Steph Curry. I mean, like, Andy put it up. That uh, wedding crashers meme is hilarious. It's like slander and Steph. It's like sex to the <laughs> – <laughs> It's the best thing. It's the, it, it, it is. It is also like I think it makes um, it makes the the basketball talk hard to just listen to from a national media perspective because it's just so much of this. It's just like, can we just talk about the actual games? Which is, I think, what Sam has harped on for years. Can can we find people to just talk about basketball games? Like that's really that's really all I think the majority of fans want. I think the diehards and the people that don't watch basketball, they'll be like, hey, I, oh, cool. I love the bachelorette portion of the NBA. But, like, the majority of people that are just, like, casual fans are like, why don't we just talk about actual hoops instead of this other crap? We need a Romo. We need a Romo. Yeah, that's true. 
It's just like, mm-hmm. like, and that was before I came up with what we got going. It's like the, the sad part is people are, are not going to let themselves enjoy 62 points because of, you know, preconceived agendas. Like that is a, that's a nasty way to consume basketball. Like I can't enjoy the 62 points because of who did it. And it just goes against everything I've been saying based off trying to uh, recall, recount a guy's career based off of five games. Like I can't enjoy this because of my, because of preconceived like that that is a nasty way to consume the sport and I get it from my angle because like I'm and like I wasn't like I didn't follow follow LeBron everywhere I go so I'm not like this I'm I'm a Laker fan so I'm, that whole Cavs Warriors beef like I was just kind of watching it from, from the side enjoying <laughs> it so that might like, be the that might have been the best way to consume it because it's yeah, pr- so that probably came hilarious me, uh, from, the, from, from, from the Lakers <laughs> side was like oh you would Steph Curry stand I'm like I have no beef with Steph Curry. The Lakers and Warriors have literally never been elite at the same time. They haven't even played a playoff series in the last 30 years or something like that. It hasn't been 30 years since they played in the playoff series. I think, like, we, I think you and I were like three years old. Exactly. Early, early 90s. It was like <laughs> sleepy, <laughs> late 80s, I think. No, no, right. you're right. Like, early there's, 90s, there's, yeah. There's no hostility I have against the Warriors. I was like, I'm from up there. They were the first basketball I watched before league pass was a thing. So I'm like, I don't have any hostility toward, towards that team whatsoever. So when I – you see the hostility I get for just enjoying these – <laughs> oh, I see it. Outside of the fan base, it's like, can I like basketball? Is that is that allowed here? Or are we playing Dungeons and Dragons, Bloods and Crips with basketball? On <laughs> like, what are yeah. we doing here? It's a sport. Can we can we like the game? Absolutely. Um, I wanna I wanna hit on one thing before we get out of here. All right. So, where's three and three? I think we all agree the formula for them to have a successful season involves Steph basically going, you know prime Allen Iverson just usage through the roof he's gonna like they're not making the playoffs if he averages under 30 I think that's the minimum pretty much here um high 20s is do high 20s is doable if you get if you get Wiggins in the high teens and Oubre up to 15 I think right yeah with high 20s but basically around 30 yeah 20 25 and a half isn't getting done with this no 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 28 27 (laughs) 28 yeah anyway okay so now you're looking at this Warriors roster Steph's turning 33. Wiseman's obviously a player. Clay's coming back from two separate injuries. They do have the Wolves pick. They have their own pick. If the Warriors end up in the playoffs, I see no way in which they end up uh, conveying, you know, that pick to OKC, which would mean they have a top, you know, 10 record in the NBA. Like, if they make the playoffs, they're going to be a lower seed, in my opinion. And it'll be like, they'll have like, I don't know, the Wolves pick will be the sixth pick and they'll have their own pick, which will be like the 17 or something like that. Do they have another run in them before yes. Steph is done? Yes, and how, do, how do you see it happening? Because you kept Wiseman, which is fine, you can't add another kid next year if you're serious about winning. You got to take that Minnesota pick, whatever it is, and then you got to package whatever pick you get. And you got to move it for a player, in my opinion. And I don't know how much tax they're willing to take on after a year with another year with no fans. I don't understand how, right, that, right. how that's going to work. But if you're serious about contending and the draft, and, and this going to be, it's going to be tricky because the draft, this, this, this is one of the highest tied, highly touted drafts in the, in the last decade coming up. All you could games. also go the, you could also go the other way. You could, I mean, Wiseman right now is worth a hell of a lot more in terms of trade than the number two pick was before the draft. Like he's shown enough in the NBA right now where teams are like, you can package him as like the centerpiece of whoever the next disgruntled star is. Right. Right. Yeah. I just, 
I'm he's just, just too good, though, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm think Wiseman, like Wiseman. You really think so? Maybe I think Wiseman, really Wiseman, think? Wiseman, Wiseman fits with what the Warriors want to do, though. Like he's That's a true. pitcher at the rim. He'll be a shot blocker. He's going to learn. He's going to learn so much about defensive basketball playing with Draymond this year. He's going to eat that up and become that much better next year. He so, can shoot it. I mean, the the shot's so much better than I thought. Like he's yeah, that that, that that's a big plus. So I just I don't know. That, that's a good point, but I just I don't think they add another kid. Is what I'm saying with 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 those picks. The chase, but they got to get another another. Uh, but they got to add some shooting, man. Like Clay's obviously going to bring a lot of that, but it's out. They got to have some shot making outside of Steph and Clay, in my opinion. Like some shot making. You ever you heard of Draymond's going to keep aging like into this? You know, five point a game score was just going to you know. Direct traffic Five. in the game. Guy, he ta- he's taking Steve Kerr's, like, I, you know, Dennis Rodman 2.0 to heart. Like, so right. much so. You got to get another, another shot maker. I can't think of anybody who will be, you know, disgruntled. Uh, sure. You know, would you add a – I mean, how much is Siakam worth to you? I mean, he, he's not happy in Toronto. Have you heard like, about that? <laughs> that's a tough one like because a he's an upgrade to the team, but he doesn't address shot making. He's right. just kind of like uh, if you if you think this is Draymond's last life. I mean, Wiggins played Siakam well tonight. You kind of look like Siakam. Shit. I mean, I'm about to say, yeah, but Wiggins is, is he is he's like he's like a better version of Siakam. I think uh, to me, it's like yeah. I mean, Wiggins looked like he was aggressive tonight. That's good as it comes. But you know, make, you got to look up this guy named Justinian Jessup. He's going to be a rotation <laughs> guy next year. So, you know, I just I just, <laughs> I just ignored those tweets. Uh, <laughs> As See those like this guy's not serious. <laughs> As you should. All right, man. We appreciate you coming on. We'll have you back when the um the three six matchup I think is gonna happen with the Lakers and Warriors. So you guys are dicking three, around three seed, dicking around in the season, and uh, maybe we'll drop to the three seed. We'll see you there. No, nah, they'll be they'll be they'll be they'll be a, a top seed. They're gonna turn it. <laughs> they're gonna turn it on in about a month. I mean, seventy one day turnaround. LeBron is drinking wine out of his uh, water bottle right now on the sideline. Yeah. Oh, they're the, they're the best team in the West. I just. I would not be surprised if they went full like uh, 01 Lakers where they're like really don't care at all what seed we at are. At least they like each other, though. But They like each other. That's the thing. They like each other. Yeah. So, you know. Okay. So that's a little different. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Maples. Appreciate you coming on. Have a good night, man. Love, man. Thank you for having me, man. Appreciate y'all. All right, bro. Hey everyone, I wanted to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of all that, we'll get you your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. That is bwhustle.com slash joy. You know, I was, I was going to come in all negative to today's show based off of Friday night's Portland game and just kind of the festering up and down spirit that the Warriors have had. 
And then Steph has to come and drop 62, and it's literally joy in buckets. Uh, like, don't is, so. is, is, is there, like, I mean, you, you and I and uh, Sheed and, and a few other people, like, we have some fun making fun of the joy in buckets thing. And then you watch Steph get hot, and you're like, you're just smiling at the TV. You're like, God damn, I, I do have some joy. Okay, so, so, well, first of all, two things. Number one, don't sell yourself short. You called this win on Friday night and because I was saying I'm going to go fucking kill myself when they lose <laughs> by 20 again on Sunday night and you said yeah and then they're going to go ahead and win this game and we're going to be happy as hell when we pot. That happens. Number two, there were a lot of people including myself after the first quarter when Steph dropped 21 points that said all that just for a three-point lead. But you know, the difference with Steph like this game and, and really the last like six, seven years is that whenever he's scoring like there is a joy. It's so it's so corny, Sam. I hate I hate it. But there is a joy. There is like a type of play style that these players have that make them better. Yeah, and I think like I, I think uh, let's use Ubre as a perfect example, right? Ubre has had I, I just can't think of a worse start <laughs> over his first five Warrior games, right? Like he's gonna be better, but like I mean, he can't make a shot, and it shows in his face, like. The dude feels like – I mean, we've all been there where you're like, I, I don't know why I can't play right now, but, like, I can't get out of my own head. Like, he has that kind of vibe going on. And it's not even that he was significantly better tonight. He's still kind of – you know, his shot, he's, he's got a ways to go in terms of getting back to the level he was even last year, right? But just – the energy and like the, the, yep. the, the, the yep. that Steph brought and everything, like I felt like he felt the weight of the world off his shoulders there, right? Like I felt like he was like, you know what? If I miss shots tonight, it's okay because that guy over there yes. is carrying the load, and you know I can work my way back in. And I think yes. that was the biggest thing. And I think yes. this is what I was hoping for because, like, the system where Steph plays and flow works if you have a bunch of vets who, um, who are confident. But when you have kind of a bunch of young guys who, let's be real, yes. there's three banners hanging right there. They know that this is a team that has higher expectations, that's like expects to be good. And, you know, they're coming from teams like Minnesota, like Phoenix, you know, like D.C., where it's kind of like there's no expectations, right? They're feeling a lot of weight, and like Steph can't just treat them like they're Iguodala and Clay. I think he needed to kind of be like, you know what, guys, get on my back. I'll show you how it's done. There's a level of that's exactly right. There's a level of confidence that guys play with when you're when you're looking at it and you're like, all right, I got that guy next to me. I'm good. I can play. I can do what I want because I've got him next to me. Versus, you're the guy in the first six minutes of the game where you have to make the play. And guess what? That's not Andrew Wiggins's role. Today's Andrew Wiggins game was very good. Because he could say, yeah, if, I, if I shoot a mid-range jump shot here or if I post up here and shoot a fadeaway, which he didn't, actually. He went straight up into the rim, which was nice. But he can make those plays knowing that Steph's got me, right? He's built this eight-point lead. And my job here is to supplement that play instead of saying, like, I'm the guy that has to make all these plays for us to be successful. Saying we're down three and I need to be the guy <laughs> yeah. that gets us back into the Which is we court. know – and yeah, we know Wiggins can't do that, right? Like, we all That's know. not who he is, yeah. yeah. And he's not going to be. So, it's like, why, why are we forcing that? Whereas, if you're going to pick one guy to force shots, I mean, it's Steph, who, by the way, 18 for 31, which is like – that's not even forcing shots. Damn there, he probably should have shot 40 times, which is like – which is a crazy thing, right? Because he can force shots and still be unreal efficient. So, you, you go to that. 
it's crazy, Sam, that it just takes till game six for, 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 I mean, for Kerr to figure it out and for Steph to really say, Hey, I'm just going to go out there and just get these buckets. Yeah. And um, I mean, when you were gone over the holidays at Aaron Larswell on, he just kind of, he kept hammering home the same point. He's like, there's no number of shots that Steph can take. That's too much. This isn't a Russell Westbrook situation. He's not like stealing shots from Kevin Durant next to him. He's not taking shots from Paul George or from better players. Like, this roster, there's no number of shots that Steph can take that's too many, you know? Wiggins so, shot 16 times and Ubre 13 times. Yeah, that's plenty. <laughs> right. Like, even though that's, Steph that's shot kind of, 31, they exactly. Both, they both live around 15 shots a game each. Like, some games it'll be a little more, sometimes it'll be a little less. But, yeah, I mean, there's just – Steph does need to go full Iverson, full Westbrook, whatever. And, and this, is, this is the thing that bothers me by people who question him. He's capable. He's always been capable. Well, he's There's, better than those guys. They, doing well, he is better. He is yeah. better than those guys. But like, he's always been capable of doing that. The only concern with him doing that is your fear that he'll get hurt. But that's not a question of talent. That's kind of a. That's just that's kind of a worry because he's you know he's kind of had a dogged history of minor injuries, right? Yep. So, but like at but, no point am I like, yep. oh, he's not talented enough. Like he's one of the three best players in the league, one of the probably ten best offensive players. Not even offensive. He's one of the three best offensive, but one of the ten best scorers of my lifetime. And I'm in my mid thirties. Like he's up there with like the thanks, Sam. Thanks, the Sam. Jordans and and whatnot. Like in terms of ability to score the ball. I'm not saying he's good in all around players like someone like Jordan or Kobe or anything like that. But his ability to put the ball in the hoop it doesn't get worse when he takes more shots. There's like yeah, like there's no there's yes. no there's no weakness in his game. Like it, there's no like. Let's use Westbrook as an example. Russ is amazing at getting to the rim, but if you tire him out, he'll start taking garbage shots, which are bad for a team. What shot does Steph take that's bad for the team? Like the mid-range? No, he's great at that. The rim? No, he's great at that. Threes? Duh. Like there's no shot where you're like, oh, this isn't a good spot for him to shoot from. Two separate occasions. Uh, And also this is another thing because I think of Luka Doncic, uh, Trey Young, James Harden, and Damian Lillard as the four guys who are just like, who are like kind of like Steph and like they get better numbers than Steph just volume wise, but they're not better than Steph. And two separate occasions, he passes the ball to Draymond. Draymond has it at the free throw line. Steph immediately sprints to the wing. Draymond knows that, sends it right back to Steph. Great all fall play. Steph misses the three, fine. But they do it again later in the game. Draymond pushes the ball left side, right? He just immediately stops because Draymond's a fucking genius, and he knows Steph is coming, pitches it back to Steph. Steph shoots, falls down, makes a three for his 60-second point. I think, like, that's the stuff where it's, like, no player in history. Like, Kyle Korver could do that, but Kyle Korver's Kyle Korver, <laughs> right? So it's like there's no player in history that has that type of – But Kyle Korver is not doing that as the lead ball handler, passing it to the guy exactly. either. Kyle Korver exactly. – yes, Kyle Korver can spot up. Clay Thompson can spot. Clay Thompson, yeah. yeah, J.J. Redick, all these guys. And it's yeah. just like – but doing it while – Shooting 19 free throws. Steph shot 19 free throws. I would, I would say that I would actually say the more defining thing that Steph finally did tonight um, in the fourth quarter, he had a dribble sequence step back three, which was just gorgeous. Right? Like that one was just like, Ooh. I missed it. Like I felt like it'd been way too long since I've seen that. And like obviously the pandemic has been, 
I mean, it literally feels like years since I've seen Step Play, right? Uh, but like, it's it's been a long time. But like, those are the type of shots where I'm like, Harden doesn't even think twice about taking that. Um, Luca doesn't even think twice about taking that. And Luca's kind shoot of a well. questionable shooter at this Thank stage you. of his career, right? Yes. Yes. Trey doesn't think twice about shooting that. Steph thinks twice about it because he's thinking about how he can keep the rhythm of the team going. I think he's starting to realize the rhythm of the team is him. There's no like him passing the ball to get Wiggins a touch. It's, you know, it's not KD, you know, it's, it's not the same thing. If anything, those guys welcome him doing that. And I look forward to him doing more of that. And he's gonna, I mean, he went 18 to 31 tonight. If he plays like this, he will do it more efficiently than James Harden, you know, because he's a better shooter. He's a better scorer. Right. But he will inevitably have games where he, you know, can't shoot, right? Like, it's, it just happens. And for me, what I want to see is when he has those games, he just keeps going with it because I really do agree with Maples and kind of – I think you're in agreement, but you can tell me if I'm wrong. I think this team – he needs to lead the league in field goal attempts. He needs to be the leading scorer in the NBA. Um, just by virtue of the roster, like no matter what people tell you, Eric Gordon, who is not even the second best player on the Rockets, he's the third or fourth best, is a better scorer than anyone on the Warriors right now. Like he's playing with less less help. And I think uh, just if the Warriors want to make the playoffs, it's going to be determinant on Steph taking 25 shots. So other teams have a lot more shooting around their star players. It makes it easier for them. And it's harder for the Warriors. But you saw tonight what Draymond Green can do. Draymond Green, one point, no, no way is he spreading the floor, but he's the guy that gets Steph easy shots. We're talking about Steph specifically right now, but he's getting Wiseman easy shots. He's getting Wiseman, like, dribble handoffs. He's telling Wiggins and Ubre where to go, right? So, like, yes, he's not spacing the floor, but he is getting those guys shots, and that's, I think that's the best they can do right now, or, like, moving forward until Clay gets back. Right? Like, that's, that's all they've got, right? There's Ubre. He's going to shoot better. I think he's at... 6% now from three. So he'll get back up to 30 at some point. But, like, that's all they got. And, and I think the Draymond, Steph stuff, like, man. Like, Sam, that's – I know it's one game. I know it's one game. But I think I'm looking – I'm watching this game, and I'm just like, I don't see why these guys still aren't good enough to carry this team to the playoffs. I agree with you that Steph has to be the leading scorer. I agree with you he has to lead the league in field goal attempts. But I don't see a reason why, if these guys are playing this well, like, these guys can't – get this team to a six seed or maple said to a four or five seed because they're still that good. I don't think either guys are washed. Draymond's not shooting 30% from three. Right. But I don't think either of these guys are washed. I think they're still, by the way, Drew Schiller, who I know is listening. You're going to owe me money when Draymond doesn't shoot 33, 33.3% from three airballed one. I think today, just so, I mean, come on. He's still one of the smartest players I've ever seen ever. I don't, we talked about it with maples earlier. Excuse me. Um, He's, still an impactful player helps you win games like in a million different ways, but pull up shooting is not one of them. <laughs> I got some quotes for you. I want to do this here. Okay. Kerr said, I'm trying to find the exact quote, but Kerr said, nope. guys like LeBron and AD will get credit for carrying a team because they play a more dominantly physical and athletic style that works with a concept of carrying a team. Steph does it with skill and at 6'3", smaller body, harder to carry your team with skill over physicality. He's basically saying 
um, the concept that greats are defined by freakish athleticism and people don't know how to apply Steph's skill left framework. This is what you and I have been saying forever. Steve wow. Kerr, thank you, you really for listening that? to huh. Steve Kerr. Thank you for listening to the light years podcast. I got a friend texted to me. Um, I don't have the exact quote in other than the athletic dominance thing, but yes. Now I have some other quotes for you. This, I thought that was an exact quote. It's not, I got a good one for you here. You'll appreciate this one. I know Steve's read, listens to the pod. I know he subscribes to premium. James Wiseman on watching Steph's crazy night. It's crazy. It reminded me of 2K because I used to play with Steph all the time and drop 60. James Wiseman is a smart kid, high IQ kid. This, he knows how to pander. Um, well, well, this goes back. This goes back to the point where we just talked about. I think you just brought up like James. What do you expect James Wiseman to the guy that's running dribble handoffs and, and running split cut passes? And you want him to be the guy that's shooting jump shots to start the game, right? You don't want him to do that. The guy needs to learn. Like, hey, I can make the basics, all these plays yeah. because of Steph. I can do what I can and just fill in because of Steph, rather than let's make this guy into Andrew fucking Bogut. I'm watching him do a, a, a drop. Drop step spin <laughs> yeah. move dunk here. And I'm just like, what is like, like again, like I don't know how good this guy's gonna be, right? But whatever he is, whatever Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins is gonna be next to Steph, they're not gonna be able to start doing it themselves. Like it has to start with Steph. And I think that's the cool part of this. That's uh that's why the quotes are cool. Yeah, and Steph, um, it's worth noting here. Um, I want actually I want to say this. Let's let's talk about Wiseman for a second here. Okay. Mm, mm, mm. I think. I mean, he's such a rookie. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, um, yeah, my God. The talent is out of this world, and he makes certain plays where you're like, I see a world where in three years, when he's figured this out, that he is destroying everyone. But then I also watch him do stuff where I'm like, if you were, if you were, a, uh, if you were 6'9", you would be benched for the rest of the game. But you're not. You're 7'1", and you move like a guard. So... I think he's exciting. I think it's I just think it's a difficult thing for the Warriors because they're trying to compete yeah. right now while also developing him. And in a perfect world, if they wanted a playoff spot, they'd probably have someone who is not 19 years old and um, you know, that raw in that spot. But at the same time, he still does winning things for you because he's so freakish. So okay, since we're on the Wiseman topic, I wanted to ask you, do you play actually option zero? Um, friend of the show brought this up a few times on the timeline today that they should just go small just with Draymond. And I assume he means put Damian Lee in the game because that's right. what I would do. Would you do that? They ended up putting Looney in there. Uh, the last three minutes it ended up not mattering because the game was out of reach with mm -hmm. Steph. What do you do there? Cause it, it is hard because of what you just said. Are you talking about in the flow or at that, or like at, at high level, like end of end of halves? I would say both. I think you got to play Wiseman as much as you physically can for, or as much as you can for two reasons. One, I'm not trying to destroy Draymond's body until I have to with small ball, particularly since I don't think they particularly have a great small ball unit, right? Like, I'm not saying, you know, don't go to Draymond at center in a lot of matchups, but like, I think Wiseman's still one of their five best players, and I think he needs to be on the court. Um, at the same time, they shouldn't be shy about going to it when they need to. So I, I think, but I do think there's a lot to be gained from Wiseman. Like, I mean, friend of the show, Ethan wrote about it a few times. 
And but you can wa- you can see it when you watch the game. For as much rookie stuff as he does, a lot of guys are afraid to drive into him because he's massive. Yes. Like he ha- he already has like a Gobert-esque presence where it's like, I don't want to drive into that guy whose arms basically touch the rim standing still, you know? Um, and he's not even a good rim runner yet. You know, like he bobbles passes half the time and he's still better at it than anyone on the roster. And it's not even close. Like Looney's bad at it. Marquis Chris was good at it, but obviously he's done for the year. Um, Draymond's not that guy. I mean, Draymond's the guy throwing the pass, not the guy finishing the pass, right? So, um, you know, there's – I think – I'm actually – I've been pleasantly surprised with the way Steve has – slow played him a little bit like maybe less split cuts like yeah i don't I think, think the, he, i don't think he needs split cuts less reads less outside jump shots but i think the 12 points it is box score stuff but the 12 points and you watch him play like when have the warriors ever had a guy that can score 12 points at the center position i'm talking about just like finishing around the rim right it's not even that james wiseman is this great finisher but he had a few buckets where he would just spin move dunk Take a dribble, get right by Nurkic because Nurkic and Ken are slow as hell. Done. Like, it's, it seems easy. It seems like anybody can do it. But I ain't never seen Kevon Looney do it, right? I've never seen – I mean, Draymond Green can't do it. Even <laughs> Zaza, Zaza didn't do it. No way. Andrew Bogut didn't do it nearly Did. enough. Like, he did it once every five games. Like, why don't you do that more? <laughs> it was – yeah, right? Same as his body. His problem is Looney's problem. They don't have a body to do it. And it's like – and I think that's the stuff where you're like – uh, that's good enough. Like those 12, 12 points is 12 points. Like as simple as it is, it, it, that's what they need from him right now. And I get it. Like he looks so bad sometimes when guys like Dame, CJ, we're going to watch probably Kawhi, PJ. Tomorrow we're probably going to watch De'Aaron Fox go right by him. But I think that's just some stuff you have to live with because like you said, you can't play Draymond all game at the five. Looney's smart, but he also can't get there. And Looney's also giving up rebounds. So it's like give and take, right? Looney's also the guy that's getting pushed around at this point where he can't get a board. Whereas with Wiseman, it's like the fact that he's just standing there is probably good enough to get six, eight. And tonight, I think he had 10 rebounds tonight. 11, yeah. 11 rebounds. He had a double-double. So it's like it's an, it's enough to where you can play him. He, and he, again, he only played 22 minutes. That's That's how much that's probably a perfect amount that he's going to play on this team. Um, so I would probably want to even see him more, but I think Eric Pasco has been pretty good at the, as a small ball five. So we'll see. We'll see as it moves along. Um, but I think, and I think it's going to be a matchup dependent too. Like you can play Pascal at the small ball five versus Portland. Um, you can probably play him at the small ball five uh, against you know, when they play the Clippers this weekend, like if you can play him against Ibaka. Like, is a great player, but Ibaka's think, not going to, yeah. like, eat him inside. is going to shoot threes on him, right? I um, think there's a lot of teams he could play at small ball five. I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Well, okay, obviously, obviously you can't play him at small ball five against the Lakers or the Nuggets. You know, like, Jokic and AD and right, Gasol right, right. and that stuff. They're going to eat him up. But, like, you're right. There's, like, there's a handful of at least half the West he can get away with it. Yeah. So I think that that's enough for Pascal right now. I've been, I've been, like you just said, pleasantly surprised and optimistic that he can keep this up. The five mid-range jump shots, let's maybe, or, or like, I think he had like three mid-range jump shots. Maybe uh, we'll, we'll he loves, he loves that pull-up 17-footer, like loves it. All right, I got another quote for you. It does look nice though. Okay. Kelly Oubre on Steph oh, 62. Boy. He's an anomaly. 
I was happy to be, I was just happy to be on the same side as him tonight. He moves without the ball. I salute him for that because that's a skill in itself. I, I really just want Kelly Oubre to start hitting shots because I think he is absolutely hilarious in so many ways. <laughs> um, his quotes just, it's, he's, he's it's hol- like fake he, D, hate fake deep hall of fame. Yeah, he uh, is. He's, he's funny. It seems like he's always a really high. Uh, he does seem like a likable guy though, Sam. I think you and I are both rooting for him to make shots. Um, I think he's like, I don't want to say, okay. So losing clay for the year sucks. There's no way around that. But like, to bring in someone who has what appears to be a very positive mindset at all times, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. underrated because I don't know, man. When when we all heard Clay got hurt, it was just like, uh oh, you know, like here we go again. This type of year, it's over, right? And like he, you know, he just it's it's in some ways it's like Kent Bazemore where you're like, you know what? Like he takes some shots you don't like. He makes some decisions that are erratic, but you're like. He's so positive and upbeat and moving in the right direction that you're ultimately can very, you know, you're happy with the production. We said this in the preseason. He also plays really freaking hard. Yeah. And like that's, and like, you know what? Like I can live with low IQ. We both get furious. Everybody gets, it's because we're freaking used to watching Livingston and Iguodala play basketball on the wings. Right. So like, they're going to make plays three steps ahead. Ubre's like one step behind right now, maybe two steps behind. Right. But like, if he's playing hard, that's fine he'll get to 30 plus percent you hope from three i i thought the funniest part of this thing is it doesn't seem like kelly ray is just like really obsessed with just like looking cool on the basketball court at all times <laughs> i think that's like the funniest part of kelly Oubre. uh but i can't play, tell he if he's hard. trying or or if it's just like inherently who he is you know what i mean uh, and, and, okay um we talked a lot of Oubre tonight we didn't talk any andrew wiggins and we got to get yeah. some questions probably for the last 10 minutes or so uh andrew wiggins very, very aggressive. Very fun to watch tonight. Had two step-back mid-range jump shots. Made one of them both disgusting. But I'll live with them because he had a few post-up steps I thought through, he was pretty aggressive put, to the rim tonight. Re- right? Really awesome. What goes straight to the hole, gets the end one. Right? Like, stuff like that. It's like, like, I've seen more of that, Sam, in the last three Month. games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> than I've <Week>. seen, like, <laughs> in a long time. In a lot, like, out of the yeah. guy, right? Like, more, um, so I think that's the stuff where it all goes back to Steph. <laughs> Make this a Steph Curry podcast. He just had 62. When Steph is scoring all these points, it allows guys to play differently. Andrew Wiggins shooting that three confidently from the corner in crunch time in the fourth quarter. I know he went one for five. But, like, that's the stuff you got to make, and you gotta, you're going to get open shots. And uh, he, he put on a good Harry B impression with that one. He had seven free throw attempts. You'd like him to be better than four of seven from the line. Sure. But, like, sure. honestly, if he can be above five free throw attempts a game, I will be happy because that means he's getting downhill. You and I were joking about it earlier in the season, like, oh, there's the one Wiggins drive to the rim a game, right? And that's really all we're looking for. He's physically very impressive. Um, there's just not a lot of wings who are as athletic as him, period, right? I just want to see him use it. Like, even if he's shooting 70% from the line, and tonight he was last, but, like, if he ends the season at 70%, I'd rather he get 70% on a bunch of free throws than take a bunch of step-back mid-range shots. Yes. Yes. Um, And that – go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I I just – it's just – I think with Wiggins, it's so much of do you actually just (sighs) – can, can Wiggins just steal Ubre's mindset for just like a few years until this contract runs out? 
Can, can we just do that? that that's <laughs> good. That's good enough for me because he he has more talent. He has the handle. He has the drive. He is smarter. Though I'm not saying either guy are geniuses, but he's smarter. He could run a pick and roll. Like it's just like man, if he can just keep this up. But we'll see. Um, should Wiggins, we go to by the way, had seven rebounds tonight. That takes him to um, almost six a game for the season, which like six, six rebounds a game for Wiggins. I'm, I'll be very happy with that number. You know, I can one live more, with that number. One more thing on that side. I think with Draymond playing, it one makes Wiseman easier to where he's just saying, hey, I'm just going to either protect the rim or I'm just going to contest jump shots from guards that he switches out to. What it also does is if they block guys out, so guys are shooting contested like mid-range jump shots or paint shots, it actually allows Ubre and Wiggins, who are good leapers, to actually contest those guys. I remember that Wiggins had a nice, nice block on McCollum. Uh, Kelly Ubre had one too. Like it just, it, it allows them to do the type of stuff where we got used to seeing from KD, and those guys aren't KD, but it, it, it helps it. It helps them because you've got uh, Gary Trent or not? Not he doesn't have a driver, but like you've got guys like that that drive to the hole that are double pumping. And then it, it allowed him to come over weeks. I didn't have those blocks. So that's cool. They gave him 122 points, but I think they're on the right track defensively. Um, I think there's a lot of room for growth there, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, definitely. Um, Steve Kerr presented the game ball to James Wiseman for his first double-double. Of course he fucking did. <laughs> As, a he fuck- As a joke. As a joke. Oh, okay. He, he I was like, going to say, I believe he you, did that just to, He did that to troll stuff. I believe, um, I believe One last thing. Damian Lillard has tweeted out um let's find it here what did he do oh i I see that i see that yeah he goes hey if you can dish it you have to take it respect to steph um thoughts on the steph dame back and forth incredible um i think i think if you're talking about what makes basketball fun to watch i think this is like top tier top tier uh, content is damian lillard against steph curry because (laughs) Well, I mean, number one, I mean, the guy's from Oakland, right? That's where, that's where the Warriors playing for a while. He's got a lot of fans here. He obviously loves the team, loves the Bay Area. And then also he plays exactly like Steph. Yeah. He, he, I think a lot of people think that he's better than Steph. He's not. But I don't really care about that right now. What I care about is two guys that play similar that are just super fun to watch and takes these shots, Sam, and can make them. My problem with watching guys like James Harden and Luka Doncic is they take all these tough shots and they don't make them. Actually, throw Trey Young in there. I probably shouldn't throw hard in with those two guys. But like, like Doncic and Trey Young, they take all these jump shots and they can't make them. I watch Steph and Dane, and what's fun is they take these ridiculous bullshit, not even bullshit, these ridiculous long threes, and they drill them, right? That's what makes it fun. Um, right. and, I, and I think that's what makes it – I mean, I guess you could say it's ruining basketball because all these younger guys are doing it. But, man, these are the two guys that are the best at it, um, I think, in the world or ever in basketball, ever. Off the dribble, deep threes. Absolutely. All right, let, you want to get some questions? Yeah. Let's see what we got here. We got so most of these questions were from pregame, and you know it's 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 hard to touch on some of them. But um, okay, so from G uh, Palatine, is this team actually a clay away from being a legit contender? What can they reasonably expect from Clay to fill all the holes? the team has or do we need to look at a larger rebuild yeah hell of a question by the way a lot of these questions we've answered just i think in the last hour and we'll, we'll also podcast. we'll also talk about yeah. for the next year so <laughs> uh wow that's a great question because i was watching this tonight and i think i was specifically thinking of andrew wiggins i think too much of i think 
I have Andrew Wiggins on my mind too much. But I'm watching the way that he plays and how aggressive he is and how easy the game comes to him right now. And I think, imagine what would happen if Klay Thompson's on the floor. It would, be, it would be even easier, especially off the second unit, right? And I'm also watching uh, KD play tonight, and I'm watching John Wall play uh, last night, and I'm watching these guys come off Achilles, and I'm like, damn. Like, John Wall and KD are like expl- – well, KD maybe not really, but explosive guys that have come back and they look healthy. So if Clay can come back at like 80%, yeah, man, I think this makes him a contender, Sam. I'm with you. Maybe I'm not with you. I don't know your take. But I think it makes him a contender. I think it makes him at least top two in the West. I think it makes him right on that tier with the Clippers, maybe right up there with the Lakers. We'll have to see him play. They need a little bit more size and shooting. But I think it puts him right there. And then you put Steph, Clay, and Draymond after what I saw from Draymond tonight. Why not? All right, I have a couple thoughts. One, I don't expect Clay to be nearly as good as Wall or KD for two reasons. The biggest, well, actually, one reason, honestly, those dudes had an 18 to 24 month layoff. Clay's going to get 12. I think what we see from Wall should make us optimistic about Clay the following year. But I think next year he's going to be, I don't want to say limited, but like minute capped. And it's back to back injuries. Yeah. And it's ACO and Achilles. I think it's going to lead to. A level of, I think Clay can help you win. I think he could be a key piece of winning, but I don't think he could be your second best guy. Uh, at the same time, the guy says, do they need to go full rebuild? And I do not think they need to go full rebuild. I yeah, think they're somewhere in between. I actually think Maples brings up a really good point. Wiseman can be a part of this. The pick can be a part of it. But if you want to contend, you can't have both. You can't have you know, two or three of the top eight in your rotation be guys under 21. Like, just just like cutting it, cutting it straight. So the Warriors need to, I think they're lucky. They could potentially keep Wiseman and package the Wolves pick for like a Siakam or, you know, because that was the name that was brought up. Or they could package Wiseman for someone and bring in, let's say the Wolves pick turns into like uh, Jonathan Kuminga or something like that, right? You know, someone like... Uh, where you're just like Kaminga did it okay not bad yeah well no just someone where you're like I like this guy's potential I think he can help us now but like his real impact is going to be in three years right something like that um but like might be Wiseman too but yeah yeah, I mean it's both my point is they can get away with one of those guys in the rotation and contend but not multiple but they have the ability to use the pick or Wiseman to really reshuffle the deck maybe bring in another impact guy so that Clay is more of a role player who kind of pops up here or there, like in a Mono Ginobili type of role. And Draymond does his Draymond thing. And then, yeah, they can be a contender. There's obviously a lot of moving parts here, but I don't think they're necessarily in as, as long as Joe Lacob's willing to spend the money, I don't think they're in a terrible position, even if it isn't the greatest position to be in with injuries and cap situation. And another thing I thought about tonight, uh, you think Joe Lacob is watching this? game and thinking my fucking god i paid 90 million for kelly Oubre. i'm not fucking i'm not not paying any more i'm not paying any more right, money right, right. <laughs> you think that right if i were joe if i were joe lake i might be thinking that like i don't care how rich i am i, I, I pay 80 million for kelly Oubre. he's shooting five percent from from three like i don't like you guys better really hit the next one or i'm just not gonna okay you know what i mean but point is taken i still think he will spend it um i still think the disabled player exception is probably something that he will spend this year as well um, but I'm with you. And if they can somehow finesse the next pick into hmm, Bradley Beal, 
and they can put together Steph, Beal, Draymond, Clay. Like you know that now. Now we're talking about like yeah, that's probably a championship team. So okay. Yep. From from option zero, even if we don't relitigate the strategy to take Wiseman, why would we start him? Surely developmental minutes would be better served against Anthony Simmons instead of Lillard or McCollum. I don't think the Warriors have a choice right now. It's not like they can – this gets back to the playing small earlier in the game question, and I just don't think that's really in the cards. I don't think they can start Draymond at center and expect it to work. Well – Big, like, every day. I think the best point he makes is on offense, his best roles are rim running and floor spacing. Why the hell you put him in the post and make him run horns and make reads? I think, well, there you go. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. I agree, right? Like, like, if you're going to play Wiseman, I agree. Like, I think they – someone charted it. I think our guy Maples charted it. They ran, like, seven pick and rolls in the first, like, eight minutes of the first quarter. And I think that's – I mean, that's easy basketball. There's no read. Wiseman, you get the ball either in the short roll and you just either dunk it or you're in the short corner and you get a lob from Draymond. That's it. That's it. There's no read you need to make. Nobody can make a read on this team anyway, besides Steph and Draymond. Who on this team can make an actual basketball read on, on this play? Where they can say, <laughs> This guy's going here. I'm going to make a play here. Who, who can actually do that? I don't think a single player can do that outside of, of Steph and – well, Juan's is Conor Anderson, right? Like, that's probably the third guy. And it's like, well, how much is he going to play? So, I, yeah, I agree with him. But I'm with you as well. It's like, what are the options? What, what are the actual options? Um, unless you tell me Marquise Chris is, I mean, not even Marquise. I just don't think he's good. But yeah, I'm with you. Most of the other questions I think we hit on today. So I think we should get out of it. Um, I mean, unless you want to talk about Michael Mulder. <laughs> I'm good off Michael Mulder. Options here always sends 20 questions. I think this is a funny one. Fitz talking point, um, Sam. <laughs> All right. Which one will get more beaten down this year? How amazing is it that Wiseman speaks Chinese? Uh, three-pointers ruining the league. Kerr needs 20 games to figure it out. Or my personal favorite, Chase Center is the safest place on earth. I think Chase Center is the safest place on earth is my favorite because that's, unreal. that's specifically for Joe Lacob. That's specifically – he's trying to sell the fan yes. plan. And, you know, no one wants fans in there more than the owner um, who happens to have a master's degree in epidemiology. Like, how did the Warriors end up with uh, the owner who happens to be, like, very well-educated in, in infectious diseases? Uh, it's just it, – it feels very strange. Anyway, um, but with all that said, like, more power to him. Like, very obviously very intelligent man. Um, he's very much trying to sell something that the organization wants more so than anything. Yeah, I think that was mine. It's just, like, what – what is we we talking about here? <laughs> who cares? Right. Because if Chester Chase Center is the safest place on who gives a shit? Um, whatever, man. Like Fitz is Fitz. I, I you said this about Fitz just earlier today about the um the Marv Albert Marv Albert stuff. He's right. calling guys names that like he's I think he said Kent Bazemore was Angel Wiggins or something. Like it, like he was obviously calling someone that was he called Derek Jones um, CJ McCollum. That's what he did. That's yeah. what he did. Where it's like, one guy is a lot lighter than the other guy. Like, I'm just saying. He's a lot like, bigger. And yeah. also, yeah, it's, it's it doesn't like, make any sense. Like, I don't look like Jason Maples, man. Like, how, do, how is he screwing this stuff up? Like, I, like look, I could get the, the, the propaganda stuff, but can we call the game correctly? That was the stuff that annoys me. He also called the Damian Lillard. He used, to call, a, he used to call a pretty good game. He did. So that's why he was like running the Olympics, right? That's why he was calling the Olympics and stuff. Like he's good, but it's just like, what are we, 
what happened to the guy? Is he drunk? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. But I guess we'll end it here, right, Sam? We'll be back for premium in a couple of days. The Warriors have the Kings tomorrow or today when this comes out. And uh, yeah, we may, maybe we'll do a little locker room after the Kings game. We'll make, you know, game time decision. I'm not, not, I'm not sure, to be honest. I can't promise in any direction, but we'll have a pot out in a couple of days. Um, a lot of things to talk about in Warrior Land, but when uh, when the goat goes for sixty two, that kind of takes that kind of takes the show over. All right, brother. We'll see you guys soon.